Hello, friend. Welcome. Carm Capriotti here with a special recording from ASA Colorado 2020. Now, you get a chance to be a fly on the wall with Carolyn Cocolette and Scott Brown. And when we start to actually start to showcase ourselves, our professionalism, like awesome work we do every day, that like lifts us up, brings us to the table, allows us to obviously justify the, the correct pricing that we should be getting for our services. We can employ you know, we can better pay our technicians. We can have more beautiful facilities. Like all that stuff ends up paying dividends to us and the hard work that we need to do for the long term. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, friend. Carm Capriato, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy, always pursuing excellence in quality content through the essential voices of the aftermarket. Now, you're in for a treat as Scott Brown and Carolyn Cocolette sit with me at the ASA Colorado Summit in January 2020 with a hard, hard-hitting discussion. Hey, Apex 2019 is in the record books, and I must say that Apex lived up to presenting leading-edge technology from suppliers, but they also did a great job of showcasing the emerging tech of tomorrow. Now, Repair Shop HQ is ready to debut, and if you earn your living in the aftermarket, you can't miss Apex. You've got plenty of time to plan November 3rd through the 5th, 2020. Write that in your calendar. Apex, now more than ever. Hey, if you are new to the podcast, well, we produce another really great and important resource, the Town Hall Academy. Search on your listening app for the Town Hall Academy and be sure that you're subscribed. Don't want to miss one of these single-subject forums that are aired live every Friday and repurposed as a podcast every Thursday. It's a fantastic resource for everything aftermarket. Hey, my guest for this open and transparent discussion is Carolyn Cocolette from Luscious Garage in San Francisco and the CEO of Shopware, along with Scott Brown from Connie and Dix in Claremont, California, and the CEO of Diagnostic Network. Now, find the talking points with Scott and Carolyn's bios and links to their previous episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash E516. We touch on some of the most trending topics in the aftermarket, including data, communication with your customer, pricing, and the fact that our customers just don't know how we make our sausage. And it's time that they learned. Hey, a warm welcome to uh, my two friends, Scott Brown from Connie and Dixon Diag.net, and Carolyn Cocolette is here from Luscious Garage and Shopware. We're here at ASA Colorado Summit 2020. Here we're in the lobby of Lincoln Tech. This is so cool. And you guys are doing an ADAS class tomorrow. We're doing a shopware, shop management type class. Oh, I didn't know that. But uh, there there will be some elements of ADAS inspection. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Obviously, it's your software and you're running it. But how did you guys team up on this? Yeah, so I did this presentation at Vision last year, okay. which is called Don't Trust Me how to empower customers to value your service. And it's not necessarily specific to shopware. It's about, you know, all the different tools that shops can use at their sure. uh, inside of their business to try to better communicate with their customers. All right. The uh, opportunity was to bring in Scott, who also does a, a presentation on 
how to best present information, uh, rich media, photos, et cetera, how to communicate the technical detail up to your customers. So he's got his own uh, curriculum yeah. that he's been he's built. He's so been good at on. that too, being uh -huh. a, a photographer. I mean, I, I look at your video stuff. I don't know who does that. Cecil B. somebody. <laughs> I mean, you're really, you're really good. Yeah. Being from California, you yeah. gotta, you gotta be good. Yeah. I like to hang around with really good people. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. that's you, what you do me. that good. So I see that there was kind of a marriage in how could we take the processes and some of the tech that's needed to produce great content for the customer yep. and then how to have good disciplines to get the software marriage because the software is great, but if you don't have a way to feed it, it boils down to communicating what it is that you're actually doing to these automobiles. Yeah. You know, we're working on some very complex problems. Consumers don't usually see how we make the sausage. I mean, these, these tools, you, you need to be able to tell the story. Sure. You need to illustrate what is going, what, you know, what you're doing to the car, why you're doing it. Yeah. Right. And then when you're done doing it, you need to show them what the results are. Um, you know, in most cases in the past, people would just be writing a check, right? Car came in broken. They fixed it, wrote a check. There might be some written words about what happened, but, uh, usually the consumer doesn't get a good clear picture. And uh, we're, we're trying to add more value. This is what we've been challenged with for years. And we've now been using Carolyn's product for a little over three years. And it's just done wonders for the way that we can now present knowledge and information to the customer. Yeah, yeah. And it also covers our butts, right? So we're yeah. documenting and we were there. We did it. You know, there's two things that have happened to me today. And I love, you know, I'm always listening and engaged. Earlier today, someone said, training is maintenance. Mm -hmm. And it was great. It was on the Town Hall Academy. And then you just said, people don't know how we make our sausage. <laughs> and I have to tell you, those are two incredible mindsets. If you put them inside, you're going to say, oh my God, I can, I can do something with that mentality. Teach the people, the, cons the customer, our guest, our client, what we do. And figure out and don't just write off training as something that I don't need. Realize that it's something that makes me better always. Mm, yeah. And to be totally transparent, Carolyn and Shopware is a, is a sponsor on the Town Hall Academy. So glad you're with us. And I just wanted people to realize that uh, we're doing this because these are important discussions to have. So thank you for being here, Carolyn. Yeah. Sure. Well, there's no such thing as perfect communication. It's all a work in progress, to your point. Training is maintenance, right? We're never, we're never perfect technicians. The minute we think we've got it mastered, that's when the, the, the technician gods come down and slap us. And the you rules know, it, really, it really gets, really gets a bad day the day you think you've got it all figured out. It's the same for how we're running our relationships with our customers. We're always trying to improve our relationships with our customers and trying to better explain and justify what we're charging on the cars. And we all have enormous pressure in our businesses to stay profitable. Uh, obviously, there's increasing costs to run your business, to have the right tools. I mean, in Scott's shop, he's got all the greatest equipment in the world, but he has to be able to 
show that to his customer for them to understand not only the quality of his uh, his um, facility and the services that he provides, but also why he charges what he charges. And you're going to have some of the best diagnostics in the business at his shop, and it's not going to come for free. And so he's really perfected how to put that front and center in how he's presenting his information to his customers. And that differentiates his business. It also helps those customers understand the value of what they're buying. He's, he's actually helping them with the why. Uh, here's an interesting story. We just had a, an insurance agent or an insurance adjuster come in to the shop a couple of days ago to look at a car that was smashed up. It got fixed at the body shop, but it still had some problems. Had the uh, emergency braking light coming on on the dash. So we checked it out. We found out that the front radar unit was bad and it needed to be replaced. And we had a full on estimate including our analysis, what the repair process was, and then the, the actual uh, calibration. And it had all the steps in there. And he read that and he goes, I didn't realize there was that much involved with changing out that radar sensor. He says, wow, there's a lot going on here. I go, haven't you been writing tickets and you know paying for this stuff in the past? He goes, yeah, all the time. I go, how do you not know this? He goes, well, nobody's ever shown me it. Ah. So, you know. Being- and, and so that confirms to the level of detail you're telling your customer. Would you have done this for... A non-insurance person? Any customer. So our jobs are already built in. We, we build that job in so that we're doing all of the things. We're identifying what's on the car, what's required to calibrate this. The road testing, the validation of a pre, uh, pre and post scan. Um, and then how many miles we're actually driving it and then how we're, we're returning it back into service yeah, yeah. operating properly. So it doesn't matter. If, if I came in there for a, a brake job, would we, would the, the detail be that good? Yeah, the brake job would include all the inspection items that we would normally yeah. do on the vehicle, okay. uh, the state of health of maybe the brake fluid, yeah. uh, the, any of the other brake materials that we're not doing any repair on. We're going to have a state of health on all that stuff. So we, we, the customer leaves, they understand where their brake system is today. We've heard so many great stories about customers saying, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. And, and then they, they show all that stuff to their friends and say, you're not getting this and I am. Is that a revolution going on in, in the customer relationship side of our business? You think about it. We have been previously, you know, historically, the conduit through which cars have been fixed. And in a way, that's appropriate. I mean, we are fixing the car, but ultimately the car is the customer's problem. It's not, we're not the problem. Do you know what I mean? And when everything has to be passed through us, it's like, take my word for it. Inevitably, it's easy for the customer to kill the messenger, right? That shop gave me bad news. That shop charged me all this money, blah, 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 blah. Instead of saying, wow, that shop really helped me get my car back on the road quickly and safely. Um, So being able to sort of flip the script and be able to show people what they're driving and how you're trying to help them and and empowering them to make the decision about what they want to do to fix it, that's that's really meaningful to people and actually helps pull back the curtain and them to appreciate, A, what you're doing, but also their responsibilities for the car that they're driving, right? So then suddenly, instead of having this uh, anxiety or like, oh God, my, my magic machine is broken. They can actually say, oh, this is science, not religion. This is what my car needs. Okay, great. Well then let's fix it. Let's fix it right. Good, better, best. Whatever they decide to do is their decision. But it's not about what the shop is necessarily um, preaching. It's, it's just, it's fact. It's what do you want? Um, this is the information. What's great about that is that's a, that's a um, universal. There's no like variance of like, 
do you really need breaks, yes or no? Like, if you need breaks, you need breaks. And any other shop that looks at it is going to be able to tell. You're going to be able to justify, yeah, that's why this person recommended you to get these breaks. Now, maybe, you know, their price is X and your price is Y, and that's based on whatever value proposition you, you can make to that customer. Convenience, um, other additional benefits, quality of service, warranty, other kinds of things that you can bolster your pricing with. But, you know, ultimately, the customer comes away going, wow, I get it. Like, cool. Like they, and that's the experience that they have online every single day. They're informing themselves. They're consuming all this content. You know, people like, there's that statistic that, that people read like 300 yards of social media every day. Like, they are just like sponges to see all of this action that's going on. Meanwhile, like one of the coolest things, one of the most complicated things that they use on a daily basis is a complete mystery. Yeah. And the minute you start showing to them, which of course is the world that we live in. And previous to now, there's been this, assumption that, oh, customers don't want to know that detail. You know, they just want to come in and sit in a leather couch and get an espresso. And then they want to give me $800 and leave and they'll be happy. And it's like, no, you know, like, first of all, no one really wants to go to the repair shop in the first place, regardless of whether you give them an espresso or not, they were being inconvenienced. And so then you're, and then you're left to justify what the $800 was about. And instead the, like the previous, the, the preconceived notion was, well, we have this great relationship with the customer and I have this really like social bubbly person at the counter and we're like doing all this stuff to essentially compensate for the fact that we're not doing a very good job educating them about what's going on with our car. Our actual job is to educate them about what's going on with their car. Now we have to be the translators. It's not to say like, oh, here's the, here's the repair manual. Good yeah, luck. You it, figure it's out code, what, it's what code the result P0, is. It's code P0, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't right. compute. Right. We're, we're, we're helping translate right, right. that. We're the liaisons, yeah. right, between these two parties. But we're really bringing <laughs> those two, you know, disenfranchised parties back together again and saying, yeah. hey, customer meet car, car meet customer. Right. I'll, we'll, let us help you work this out together. So I think that's where people suddenly feel like the world makes sense again. And, and, they're, and they suddenly realize what we're trying to do here is to help them. The Apex 19 is in the record books and brought the best and brightest together to create an experience like no other. Now, I was so impressed with the impact Apex has in presenting emerging technology. They are on the cutting edge of the connected car, and you'll find everything you need to know on what you'll need to do to stay ahead of the curve. Regarding emerging technology... Apex will feature again in 2020 the latest trends that will have an impact on the service professional and equipment. Wow, see, feel, and touch the latest tools and equipment that will bring efficiencies to your business. And in 2020, there's going to be a separate section dedicated to the service professional shop. It'll be called Repair Shop Headquarters, and it's the place to be if you earn your living in the aftermarket. And for training, Apex will present some of the best aftermarket technician and management trainers in 2020. So mark your calendar right now. Put the date on it. Apex 2020, November 3rd through the 5th in Las Vegas. Listen right here to learn all about the exciting events and when you can start registering. Yeah, I think Carolyn, you know, she said that it, the car is their problem, right? So the way I like to look at it is that, you know, we know that the vehicle is probably one of the most sophisticated, complicated devices that we use every day and speaking to industry we need to stop behaving that it's not mm -hmm. right so we need to treat it as such right so it's an opportunity to educate the client but you know it's it takes a, a an extreme degree of talent knowledge expertise tooling equipment facility procedures processes to make sure that these services 
turn out the way that and, they should. And it's all on our shoulders. Like we as the, as the independent service provider are being asked to do all of that. We are performing all those miracles. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the arrangement of the parties, right, there's the aftermarket and then you have the driving public, the aftermarket, $370 billion a year, U.S. aftermarket, driving public, 225 million cars on the road. And the threshold through which all of that transacts is through independent service providers. So every single dollar that is spent on auto repair that goes into the aftermarket has to pass through an independent repair facility. And the people who actually install all of those parts and use all those tools to keep all those 225 million cars running down the road, a technician had to touch that car, an independent service provider had to you know, host and, and employ that technician. And so in both cases, the aftermarket has kind of been like, oh, you guys are the installers. Oh. You're, you're just the monkeys that run around and, you know, we get to keep all the money. And obviously the consuming, the, the consuming driving public has been like, oh God, they're all just a bunch of crooks and they're all just trying to rip us off. This arrangement in both cases makes them keep more of the money and we get less of it. Yeah. And the minute we start to empower ourselves is the people who are actually, we're, we're the hands that rock the cradle here, people. Mm, right. And when we start to actually start to showcase ourselves, our professionalism, all the like awesome work we do every day, that like lifts us up, brings us to the table, allows us to obviously justify the, the correct pricing that we should be getting for our services. We can employ, you know, we can better pay our technicians. We can have more beautiful facilities. Like all mm -hmm. that stuff ends up paying dividends to us and the hard work that we need to do for the long term. So I think it's, it's overdue that we've been able to, to draw more attention to ourselves and more value to what we're doing. This has been a fabulous rant of yours. I love it. I have a little passion on oh, this topic. Oh, no, no, Just really? a little bit. Oh, my. <laughs> and and, and is, this, is this part of what you're teaching tomorrow? Are we going to hear that tomorrow? We are. We oh, are. that's great. Because, <laughs> and in fact, I'm glad you did it here so that we can broadcast it as long and as hard as we possibly can. Wrote down a couple of things while you were on your roll, man, and I loved it. Thank you. I, I wrote down peace of mind, you know, giving that consumer who's sitting there, you know, is going to give you $800 a real peace of mind as to why they spent it. And, you know, that's that education piece. And my friend Bob Greenwood talks about it all the time. He says, we're a knowledge-based industry. And we need to act like that. We need to be paid for what we know. We need to teach people, you know, mm -hmm. what it is that we do. You're exactly right. Is the consumer feeling better if they think they got ripped off, they don't actually want to feel ripped off. Consumers want to feel good about the experience that they have. And when you give them a reason to feel good, that's, that's the where they're going to be. This idea that we've had this um, antagonistic relationship with our customers all this time, I think is based entirely on misunderstanding from both sides of the discussion. And if we start to really start to work together and focus on the actual problem, which is that automakers are making extremely complicated cars nowadays, and you need to drive them uh, to get to work or to take your kids to school, like, great, we can all be partners, right? We can all actually work together to accomplish the larger goal, which is to keep everyone, you know, moving around safely. We go to the doctor for our annual visit so he can read our blood work and talk to us about how we're doing. And he calls it up on his screen and he goes, yeah, yeah, good. Keep doing what you're doing. And I said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just relate what that just happened to the automotive repair business. Okay. Sitting there waiting to give the 800 bucks. They, they trust us. We know they don't need to know what we do. And I go to the doc and I says, find that bedside manner and tell me if my LDL is right and where my cholesterol number really is. I, I want to know. Mm -hmm. and, and I want you to tell me 
what if it's if it's on the edge what i need to do because i really want to know carolyn do our do our customers really want to know like i want to know about th- these things from my doctor the customer is following their maintenance routine and then when you they bring the car in just like you're going to your doctor and when they bring the car in you're able to sort of show them these are the things that we need to be regularly checking and this is how you did and if there's something that wasn't okay, this is what we need to do about it. Okay, we brought it back into spec. But you said earlier You're they're good. reading three or four yards of social media, you know, a minute or, or a day or whatever. And so <laughs> practically they're, a minute. So they're learned. Okay, yeah. they're learned. So if if they're coming in for a service. They may be just studying exactly what it is that you're doing, you know, on their phone. Mm-hmm. If you come by and confirm what they've read or they know, that's b- b- developing a, a tight bond, that peace of mind, that trust in relationships. So we shouldn't forget not to, you know, have that five page repair order with all that stuff in it. There's a fine line between, between communication and overwhelm. You know, you can deliberate, let's like, think about when you go to a good training class, sometimes you go to trainings and you, it's all about you being told how the instructor is so smart. It's not actually about conveying information and and fostering understanding from the audience. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Versus really good training. It's actually not about the trainer. It's about the student and how the student can grow. So, I mean, ultimately the goal is comprehension for the customer. And we, we, it's still a human interface. Like we're people, they're people. We have to be able to read them. We have to be able to answer their questions. It's not one size fits all. So how much detail you want to disclose what's going on with the car, um, how you show value. And, you know, shops have different points of view about this. We, we pretend like, oh, you know, you need to do X, Y, DVI and you need to do blah, blah, blah. You need to be able to say this. You know, we're professionals. We know how we need to talk to our own customers. The question is how to just get it out in front of you instead of carrying it verbally or, you know, carrying it with like a feeling, actually getting it written down so that people can see that it's, you know, it's out there, it's factual, it's not like a, it's not a feeling, it's, it's technology. I think that's, that's how would you Yeah, it's storytelling, basically. That? That's oh, how it boils perfect. down to. Yes. So, so we're telling a story. We don't need to give them the five pages of, of intricate detail. We need to tell them the story. We need to tell them, hey, If it's that month-long is, diag yeah. of that trouble car, it might yeah. be five pages. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> They've been be. along for the whole ride. Um, so. but, but basically, the data should speak for itself. Uh, it should, should be able to tell a story. Um, but it, it also does a really good job. Again, we talked about how technical the cars are. And a lot of times when that warning light comes on, that car, the, the car driver then starts to say, whoa, what's going on with the car? I don't feel anything different. I'm not going to worry about it, right? So they put off that, that visit for like six months. By the time it shows up to the repair center, now they've got multiple things they need to look at. They need to prioritize. So they record everything. They prioritize. They fix the one thing that needs to be fixed right now. But there could be a couple of things that are pending. And so if that customer leaves after paying a bill and then that light comes on two weeks later and, and it's the same light, but it's coming on for a different problem, you won't see the other problem until you get back into it sure. and display the data, display the technical merit to what you did before, to where, where you're at now. Now the customer has a deeper understanding as to what the heck is going on with their car. And there's where the trust is built, right? If in the old days, yeah, in the, the old light days, came on, they blamed you for both. The lights on they, they again. They blamed you for the second one. It's doing the yeah, same you thing. Didn't yeah, fix yeah, it. You didn't yeah. fix it. Yeah, it didn't yeah fix it. so that information, yeah, I, I could see the value of that. Now, you've been doing that at Connie and Dick's for probably eons. 
uh, given more information than yeah. ever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your business proves that that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And what do your customers say? Just give me a testimonial from a customer. Here's one that a customer came in and talked to my daughter that works on the front counter. And she said, hey, I've never seen this type of stuff before. Did you guys have this whole system custom built for you? My daughter goes, no. Uh, some lady my my dad knows uh, <laughs> writes this software company or whatever. That's who that's who we're using, you know. So that's how she told the story. In but, her backyard, yeah. she does that. Yeah, in the no, garage. But, but I'll tell you the the customer. So the answer is basically yes. Yeah, yeah. So the customer though, uh, the customer is just. I mean, they are getting an experience. Yeah. In our shop, it, it's today. to the point where they ask the question, "Where'd you get this yeah. stuff?" Yeah. This oh, is yeah. cool. Yeah, we're transacting in the way they expect to be transacted with. Wow. I mean, that's really what's going on. The comment about the light being on again. Yeah. You know, it's funny when OBD2, well, whatever, since the check engine light dawned, people who were driving cars were used to driving cars that didn't have that light or that light sucked or mm-hmm. whatever. And nowadays, my understanding is people who have been driving since OBD2 that have, don't have experience prior to a car that didn't have a sticky mill or any other like super digital communication method they don't have this context of like, oh, that lights, you know, that can, I can ignore that. That doesn't mean anything, you know, that's an idiot or it's not an idiot light or whatever, that they actually have more anxiety when they see a light come on because that's the world that they live in now. Like, oh no, you know, the frowny face appeared (laughs) and I don't want a frowny face. I want a smiley face. Mm -hmm. And so they actually are more inclined to bring the car in because the digital thing is speaking to me. Whereas they probably, you know, they could probably have a bad strut and a bald tire and they have no clue, right? You know, they're responding more to the lights now. But but the check engine light, it it is subjective. I I drive a lot at night and I see a lot of check engine lights on in cars. And it's like people just keep driving them. And I I think that a lot of them sense, they they go, oh, is the car doing something different? Oh, I'm not going to worry about it. Or they go check the oil or they lift the hood because it says check engine, right? So (laughs) there's an engine. Oh, it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. What's the adoption rate of the new tech, be it DVI, cloud-based stuff? I mean, is the industry still way behind the curve? And you know, the things that you're saying, how many naysayers are going to be out there and say, Scott and Carolyn are all out and you know, they're on Mars here? I, I would say that uh, a lot of them are using shop management systems or probably they've been augmenting their, their methods of yeah. delivering or communicating and probably want to do more. Uh, but they may be stuck in the way that they, they do it. Um, but we're entering, we're in new times. I mean, this is social media, what Facebook wasn't even around a decade ago, right? Or a decade and a half ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's a different world. And I think the younger techs, right, the younger techs that now are coming into the marketplace, they they know how to communicate in that medium. What makes you so special, Scott, that, you know, how, you, that you're, how you're made up? How could you teach the listener here who is on the fence or it has been behind the times in some of this stuff, how you did it, how you, how you said, listen, the future is now, I need to be there. I mean, what, was, what made Scott Brown want to do this? Uh, I think the primary driver that was that I, I started realizing what it actually took, the investment in being able to be competent yeah. and having the tooling, the knowledge, the, the expertise to deliver the service, to stay ahead of the curve on what the vehicle challenges were being presented. And 
I found out that there was kind of a disconnect because people are expecting, their expectations were totally different. They thought they were driving the old car, right? But you were committed to training. You knew you had to invest in all the equipment. And on the other hand, you couldn't get an ROI if you didn't do something over here on that sales side. The customer is where the the revenue stream is, right? So without that valuation, without you able to, to illustrate what you're doing, and and validating what you're doing and showing the customer that hey you know you guys care you're you're you give a damn you're going to training you're adding tooling and equipment so that you can provide proper expert service on these vehicles um and of course it comes at a cost but i've had multiple events where you know a customer box at doing paying for an analysis fee right a diagnostic fee or whatever you want to call it and they'll go to the shop that doesn't charge for it and we've seen this cycle happen before. We just had one the other day. Car was towed in, no start. Had a new fuel pump, new f- new computer on it. The guy spent a ton ton of money. I hate that. Oh, and this breaks and, my heart. and he could have come to me first and paid me for my fee and spent way less than what he had already spent with no effect. I did a great interview on a concept called the zero dollar customer with. Tom Palermo, they moved two miles down the road and, and they had a new customer base. And so they were doing some analysis that their ARO was down and, and, and we got into the weeds a little bit in, in a few things. And he goes, yeah, he says, yeah, those customers, they would, you know, the shop down the road, send them to my shop to find out what was wrong and just find out what it is and then come back and I'll, and I'll fix it. And he says, we've seen that happen. What the hell's going on? Wow. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, a lot of this stuff just takes some time to settle out. I mean, we, we have in our business for a long time, bad shops have compensated with Identifix and carpet bombing with mailers. I'm going to fix it with Identifix. I'm going to swap a bunch of parts and then I'm just going to, I'm going to overcome the hole in the bathtub by just marketing like hell. And we don't actually have to have a factory scan tool anywhere. Yeah. We, we don't even need, if we need a scan, maybe we need to pull the code. We drive uh, it down to AutoZone. Right. We'll, pull the code. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, then, and then what ends up happening is that doesn't help customers. Customers talk about it online. There's nowhere to hide. It's not profitable. That paradigm is going out of business. I mean, just look at a lot of those companies that we're talking about that are providing those services are going out of business. Now you have the new generation Diag, et cetera, you know, really top notch technicians, extremely in demand. I mean, people, the, the industry is shifting into this next generation. We just yeah. can't get by, mm-hmm. by, you know, medicating with these, you know, these band-aids, these bridge that's, solutions. That's a great word. I love that. We, we've done some shows uh, uh, with technicians talking about YouTube and then going off the side and having this whole dialogue about the parts canon and how these super professional diagnosticians, it, when they hear that, you know, they they cringe. They mm-hmm. they don't want to be part of that. They are the elite, and they will to their death find out exactly what's wrong. Right. And, and why are we shortcutting this and then continuing to build the bad rep that this industry doesn't need? So, heed the warning, everyone. We're after you if you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, like like Carolyn said. Yeah, you know, we've got some legacy things that are happening, and they're, they're going to boil out. Technology is going to demand. The, the skill and expertise. This this will happen. I heard this 30 years ago, though, and, and I, I hear the same the same uh, pushback. They yeah, say, yeah. oh, well, you know, fuel injection, uh, distributor ignition, and all that. That came in, but those shops are still there. This is a different beast. This is Things have really changed. I don't know. You, that's, that's, that's too black and white. Look at how much the industry has improved in the last 30 oh, years. Oh, it has, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's professionalized tremendously. I'm so lucky to interview such great top shop owners, and I'm I'm at awe of the leadership and the training, and you know, and their growth. And, and their culture. It's an elixir for me to hear these great stories. And then I know on the other hand, there's this really large chunk that's not getting it mm-hmm. and not growing and grooming and leading. And they're still throwing the parts cannon out there. And, and as much as we know that technology will move that, maybe not as fast as we expect, Scott, because there's still the, the silver bullets out there that can 75% of the time, maybe based on... Yeah, maybe. But over time, these shops are going to start to realize that they can't get by with doing things the old way. And they're going to have to come up with new solutions. And sometimes training is it. I was at the big event. This is probably going back 10 years ago. And I met a guy from Tennessee. Can't remember his name right at the moment. But he came up to me and he said he knew who I was. And I I didn't know him. But uh, he said, yeah, I decided that I got to do things different. And I said, well, explain that to me. He says, well, this is my process before. I would get a car in that wasn't running right, and I thought maybe the area of the, the problem existed. I'd go down to the junkyard and get a bunch of parts. And I mean, I, when I started hearing the story, I thought, what the heck? He told me all of his neighbors do the same thing. And they would get the parts, and they put parts on it until the problem went away. And he said, you know, this is ridiculous. I went online. I started seeing guys using scopes and, and di- scan tools and doing diagnostics, and I go, I got to figure out how to do this. Oh. And so now he, he went out and started grabbing all kinds of training cool. and, and woke up. So that was kind of a, a real edge case, but uh, that, that was reality. You haven't forgotten it. Yeah. I think it's easy for, especially when you're on the trade show circuit and they get, the industry gets real small and we, we, it's kind of an echo chamber. And our responsibility is to make sure that we're getting our messages to everyone and how we can how we can really spread the word to other folks that don't have the time to you know go to trade shows or you know just staying late at the shop because they got to get that car because they got to go buy some diapers after work just acknowledging like okay yes we can continue to look forward and try and, and we see all of our own flaws and we're constantly challenging ourselves to improve but also how do we bring people behind us that's been something from like a software standpoint it's like okay great make the best in class software but also make something that's approachable that's you know financially accessible blah 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 so that you know it's not just constantly like you know trying to have the perfect diamond on the in the velvet pillow here we're going to have to all get there together because not only do we need each other but also um we acknowledge that without that like mutual without that communal uh, commitment, we end up hurting ourselves because we're, we're leaving these other people behind and they end up souring customers' experiences. How do we drag them over the line, guys? Any, any thoughts? Any it's ideas? not a line, though. I mean, it's just... It's just no, it, it's, it's a line of commitment. It's a, it's a line of change. And I think that you're doing uh, a really good job with podcasts that are, I think they're accessible. I don't know, you know, to what extent you're trying to meet people who are out there and what their experiences are. I think we're broadcasting to them. Uh, I think we're winning some over. Trust me, I get cards and letters all the time about that, where we've, we've helped people change. Can you recommend a coach? No, but here, go listen to these coaches because I, I want to be as neutral as possible. But some people said, is there a shop owner in my town or in, in, mm-hmm. in my state that I could talk to? And, you know, the beauty of our industry of the last five to six years that I felt is people are willing to mm-hmm. share. And, and when someone's willing to put up their hand and says, uh, uh, you know, I give, 
I'm ready, then, then I think we're starting to change the industry. I, you know, it's, it's that pain point thing. How, how much does it have to hurt that I can't afford the diapers this week and I, I got to do something about it? Yeah. And, and, you know, what I try to preach all the time is don't wait for information to come to you. Go seek it. Very good. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's going to miss you. Well, you've yeah. both done an amazing job making that yeah. a reality. I want to mention something that Scott's going to be doing a podcast with P10. Yeah, that's right. It's How a cool. technical podcast. And I'm uh, looking love forward. Our, our first episode is out there. It is? All the, right. The name of it is called Torque Factor. Okay. So you can go huh. search it. It hasn't been announced yet. It's going to be announced uh, real soon. There will right. be, be some press releases. and uh, some, Well, probably by the time this thing uh, airs, yeah. it'll already be out there. Yeah. So, uh, so, so we have a good technical article, our technical guest uh, talking about 1234YF. Got some uh, update data from uh, Donnie Seifer talking about some issues that Ford Motor Company had over the summer. Cool. Uh, along with uh, General Motors, and uh, I've got a couple of other guests on there too. Well, great. So. Good for you. Uh, yeah. We we need that kind of stuff. Our I think our industry is is dying to hear some something on the technical side. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, that uh, you know, God Almighty, we we rebroadcast to this industry to help all ships rise and so many people right. are, are just willing to come on. I mean, we're about how to run a better business and how to be a better leader and how to hire better people and what kind of training events you need to go to. So uh, I, uh, it, it would be a great compliment. So congrats to it. I, yeah, so thank you. It. And yeah. I and I look forward to uh, having you on as a guest Ooh. Uh, at some point. Ooh. Ooh. Um, that would we'll, be great. We'll get you on the show yeah. to talk a little bit. But, are you going uh, to the big event this year? I will be at the big event. Great. Yes. I'll I, see you there. Great. Looking forward to it. Scott Brown. Connie and Dix in Diag.net and Carolyn Cocolette, Luscious Garage in Shopware. Thanks for being here. I loved this. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 